Alrighty, everybody. This is the first ever TreeCast episode, episode one. Um, I'm your host, Sloth. This is my lovely co-host, B. Hi! And, uh, yeah, we decided to make a podcast because we've been talking about it for a bit. And so we're, we're just kind of doing it. Um, the podcast is going to be pretty much spooky... Uh, we're, we're gonna talk about an array of things, whether it's spooky stuff, gaming, what, just pretty much whatever we want to talk about. It's kind of like a, like a friends just talking. Um, we figured we'd share that with you guys. Um, for this episode, what was that, sorry? Because we're hilarious. Exactly. We are so funny. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, anyway, um... So what we're thinking about doing for this first episode is going through uh, our own personal like spooky stories. Not necessarily paranormal, just like spooky, um, you know, times that we may have felt uneasy or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so with that being said, did you want to start this B or do you want me to? I don't know. I feel like you've heard all of my scary spooky stories. Yeah, that's true, but it doesn't mean we, you know, we can't hear them again. Like, yeah, it's fair. And you know, it's it's been a while since we talked about them, so maybe we'll have like a different thought process behind everything. Kind of break true. it down. Break it down, like maybe <laughs> that one time where this ghost bitch tried to steal my tater tots. <laughs> a ghost bitch tried stealing your tater tots. <laughs> yeah, there was this one time. So, okay. um, this was oh shit, ten years ago almost more it was more than 10 years ago i'm old um (laughs) so my dad was djing for a weekly dance at a local alcoholics anonymous club okay i'm sure you're familiar with the alano club or at least heard of it at some point yeah um and the way that this works is the building that housed this club had two floors it was at one point a church that burned down so of course there were ghost stories that were associated with it because traumatic fire in which a couple children and a woman died Mm -hmm. um at least that's what the local said i've never actually verified that um when you go downstairs downstairs is where they had like a little kitchen and grill area so you could get some food some coffee stuff like that and then upstairs was just like this big open dance hall and that's where they did the music and everything for the dance i was hungry that night because didn't get around to eating because adhd brain sometimes right and so while i was there i borrowed like five bucks to run down and get just like a plate of tater tots and there were two sets of stairs that went down to the base not the basement to the downstairs area Mm-hmm. One was at the back of the dance hall, and I didn't want to walk past a bunch of dancing people to, with my tater tots, so I decided to take the back stairs that came up right behind the DJ booth where my dad was, because that's where I sat the whole time, because I have no coordination, and I don't want anyone to mistake any movements I make for an attempt at dancing. <laughs> um, so, uh. as I was coming up the stairs... Like, it was kind of, like, out of the corner of my eye. They were kind of, they were corner stairs. They, like, come up to a landing, then turn to the right, and then go up to the rest of the way. Right. And as I came up to the landing, it's pitch fucking black because they don't light these stairs because nobody ever uses these stairs. 
Mm-hmm. And I just see out of the corner of my eye, like a little girl in a Sunday dress reaching for my tater tots. And when I went to actually look, she was gone. That's crazy. And so like it was dark and no one was back there. Yeah, it was dark. There was nobody there. I was, pr- I'm pretty sure myself and my dad were the only people who would ever use those stairs because they were creepy and they were like those weird like servant stairs sort of thing like stairs where they don't want there to appear to be stairs there you just kind of appear Mm -hmm, right Um, so it's kind of a case of like nobody really used those and so especially not children they were terrified of them i'm terrified of them (laughs) and i was like 18 at the time so yeah yeah that's yeah, wild. Yeah, so one time I had a ghost try to steal my tater tots is the short story. <laughs> I mean, like, that's completely fair. Like, maybe the ghost was just hungry or, or you know, um, like, with ghosts and stuff, from what I know, what, what little research I've done and stuff, like, there's two different types of ghosts, quote-unquote, because you got the, the ghosts that just kind of do whatever, and then you have, like, the ghosts that repeat... Uh, like a specific moment of their life and that and that just happens over and over again you know what i mean yeah yeah they i think the technical terminology here is like i don't know the technical terminology for the other type but there's residual hauntings which is basically a snapshot of the ghost's life and that just goes on repeat and that's all it does mm-hmm. so it walks down the hallway it shouts in the middle of the night at the same time every night it and it moves, of course, the way that it moved when it was alive. So if you've done interior remodeling and there's now a wall where there used to be a door, it doesn't care. It's just going to walk through the door. Yeah, right. So, like, yeah, so there's the residual, and I believe they call the other ones active hauntings, or at least that's back in the day when I used to watch Ghost Hunters is what they called them. So. Right, yeah, no, that's completely fair. Um, but, yeah, so maybe it was just like a, a residual thing, you know, kid trying to get some food i hungry <laughs> could have been i mean there's like that place has so many different ghost tales mm-hmm. there so there's supposedly that girl who's been seen once or twice around the building and then there is a little boy who if you are downstairs in the grill area and there's no one else down there sometimes he likes to play hide and seek around the tables Interesting. um and then in the upstairs area, there was a poltergeist one that my dad told me about. It was like basically a former janitor who'd passed away, who they see, they, everybody who w- frequented that area just assumed he was just there to fuck with everybody. Because um, that's what he did in life. Right, yeah. Um, but my, my dad was on the board of directors, and he was also like the new janitor there before he started doing the dances. And he said what he did is there was... They, of course, had AA meetings and NA meetings and all of that stuff. Right. Um, and when they did that, they'd have, like, a bunch of tables and huge stacks of chairs. Mm-hmm. And when they'd... Like, when he would close for the night, he would have to take all of the chairs and stack them up and put them over into a little alcove area. And then fold the tables and just kind of stack them against the walls. Right, yeah. And then when he went to go sign out for the day, what he'd have to do is way back in the kitchen, like in the furthest back corner of the kitchen from the door, obviously, is where they put the um, the control panel for the alarm system. 
So when he was closing for the night, he basically had to type in the code to arm the system and had something like eight seconds to get from there to the back door. Otherwise, he'd set off the alarm. That's crazy. So he went back to set the alarm. Like, he basically, he stacked the table, stacked the chairs. Mm-hmm. And then went downstairs and set the alarm. As soon as he set the alarm and started his, like, jog to the back door so he could leave, he started hearing thudding and banging and just, like, a huge ruckus upstairs. And so he panicked for a second, turned back, disarmed the alarm panel, and went upstairs to go see what had happened. So, like, this is the entire progression of, like, maybe a total of two minutes from the time he went from upstairs to downstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. He went back up the stairs. All of the tables were set up again, and the chairs were stacked on top of the tables. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> that That's crazy. If I saw something like that, I'd freak out. I, I would nope the fuck out. I'd be yeah. like, okay, I am never returning here. He worked there for another four years. <laughs> um, yeah, I would nope the fuck out of that situation. A true, like, no, oh, no way. No way I'd stay there. You know I'm... what? You know what? The alarm doesn't need to be on. The chairs don't need to be away. I quit. Done. I'm done. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, nowadays, from what I'm aware of, alarm systems, you have, like, a full minute to, like, exit. Oh, no, he had, like, seconds. Like, That's I was there crazy. when he armed the panel a couple times, and it was literally, like... Something like 8 to 10 seconds to get from the panel to outside, and it was a jaunt That's to get crazy. that back door. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that that's crazy. Um, let's see. I've been to the Alano Club, like, once. Yeah, but, it's a creep- uh, it's a creepy ass fucking place. Yeah, it's pretty creepy, but there was like a bunch of people there, so it wasn't as bad, you know. Um, and it was like at three in the afternoon, so it like, you know, it's light All outside. There. Yeah, it's light outside. Everybody's there. It's it's not that scary, but like, if it got to like later, like seven, eight o'clock when nobody's there, oh, that place would be so creepy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I could I could tell you that. I can tell you, I know this isn't a paranormal story, but I still, like, stand by the best thing that ever happened at that place was the moment I realized I trained my little sister right. Oh, yeah? Because I was sitting at a table with her. I'd got her some chicken strips and some fries and stuff like that. Right. We were eating, and a biker came and sat down at the table next to us. And his name was Clyde. He's very popular there. Everybody knows Clyde. He's a, like an 80-year-old man, probably younger than that, but he was a very old man. And mm-hmm. he had this huge white beard that is so long that he could tuck it into his belt if he wanted to. <laughs> and he is dressed up to the nines in his leathers because he's one of the bikers. Right, right. And he comes and sits down, and, uh, and Charlie looks at me, and she goes, Sister, sister, look. It's Dumbledore. <laughs> it's Dumbledore. Because, <laughs> you know, most kids would go, it's Santa Claus. No, no, my sister. It's Dumbledore. It's Dumbledore, dude. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> Fantastic stuff right there. Anyhow, not paranormal, but, you know. It's still funny. 
that's great <laughs> and i mean it pertained to the the place that we were talking about but you know um yeah. Yeah, I really haven't had any paranormal experiences like that. Um, like, there's been times and stuff that I felt, like, wigged out. But generally, it's, at, like, you know, in the middle of the night and I'm, like, home alone or everybody's asleep. So it makes sense that I'd feel a little creeped out, you know what I mean? But, yeah. um, like, the only experience I could ever think of, which I'm sure I've told you this, B, was that, that reoccurring dream I keep having. Um, yeah yeah, where i I was in my bed like so you walk into the room and probably i don't know five feet from the door frame is my bed and i didn't have a bed frame at that point it was just on the ground but um so as you walk in um my bed is like five feet from the door but directly to the left that's where the closet was and so you go out and around and around the closet and then it leads to like the rest of the room it was it was a sizable room. It was spacious enough. Um, and against the, the wall opposite to where my bed was, there was a dresser. Like a little like two two story drawer dresser kind of thing. Um, like one of those long ones or one of the ones that are taller rather than long? One of the, the long ones, the long ones. Um, and on top of that, there was this like really old ass tube TV um, that was back before I got like a flat screen or whatever. And, uh, one night I, I swear it's a dream, but I don't know. Like, that's the weird part is I don't know if it's a dream. It's definitely a dream now. Cause my room's not like that. But when yeah. it first happened, I don't know if it was a dream or not, but, um, so I wake up and the TV has like that old, like black and white static going on. Uh, almost like you finished like a VHS or something. You remember that? Yeah, just like the snow and the. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, anyhow, you're welcome, ears, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Phone <laughs> warning. Anyhow. Um, and then on top of the TV there was a Mountain Dew can, and I was only sleeping with a sheet that night because it was hot. Sure. Um. I talk about it like it's real life, but like I said, I don't know if it's real life or not. So I'm just like, <laughs> whatever, right? Anyway, so I wake up and the static's going and it's making that weird sound. And the Mountain Dew can and the sheet are just floating in the middle of the room. And like right as soon as I register what's happening, like, hey, the Mountain Dew can and the sheet are floating. Both of them drop. And I've been having that reoccurring dream probably... I haven't had it for probably a couple months, but it used to be a monthly dream. Like, I'd have that dream so often that I can, like, even now, I could probably draw it out how it looked. Um, now, my question for you, was that in the apartment that you lived in when I used to come pick you up for D&D? Mm, maybe. Those little two-story ones that had, like, the little courtyard that was down a couple steps, and you were on the first floor. Yeah, and it was, like, the outside of the building was, like, brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Those were definitely haunted. I, like, I, I, I understand skepticism and everything like that, but if any place on this earth is haunted, it's those fucking apartments. Yeah, for real, bro. <laughs> it was that apartment, uh-huh. Yeah. Um... And yeah, so that's really the only 
like thing that I could even think would be remotely paranormal or scary or spooky or whatever the case may be. Um, no, if I'm just more gullible or just more susceptible, but I have a shit ton of these fucking things. Like, <laughs> um, there was the time where I got a little bit molesterbated by a ghost. Just a little bit. Just like, a bookie dot. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay, so I lived, so at the time of this one, I lived in a house that had eight bedrooms, something like that. It was a big ass house. Mm-hmm. used to be owned by a doctor and they'd done like add-ons and additions and then like the guy who owned it now just rented out rooms to random people right and so i had just moved in there and due to prior circumstances i did not have a bed i had been sleeping on the floor for a while and then one of the roommates who helped me get into this place bought me an air mattress because she was tired of me sleeping on the floor mm-hmm. so and that's important because air mattress remember that air mattress okay right so the way that this room was laid out was like in the like one corner of the room there were two doors one went into the bathroom that i shared with this other dude and then the other one went out into the hallway right and then along the same wall as the door that went into the hallway were two doors because for some fucking reason i had two closets <laughs> I mean. um and then up against the wall that was like on the opposite side of the room as the door to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. There was one full-size window behind me. And then that's where I put my bed facing right. towards the bathroom door. But it wasn't facing towards the bathroom door specifically. It was facing towards my TV on my dresser that was also along that wall. Mm-hmm. And then the last wall across from all the doors had like one of those weird runner windows windows that's like six inch like a six inch window that's just up along close to the ceiling right yeah and that was it so i kept my doors locked like fort knox the entire time i lived there because a bunch of random people live here and one of the guys who lived there was really like had some anger issues so we i kept my doors locked right um and since the time that I'd moved in, like, I've been kind of, like, sensitive to paranormal shit before. And kind of, you kind of learn to note the things that they like and dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're paying attention for this, there was something that was in that back corner of the room, uh, like, uh, opposite the doors. Right. Um, that it was all almost always there. It was dark, shadowy sort of thing. And the, the biggest sensation I got from this thing is that it did not like to be looked at. It did not want you looking at it. That's, yeah. And you know what? That's fair. I don't like people looking at me either. So that's cool. That's your corner. I didn't put anything in that corner. I left that corner alone. That's that's that thing's corner. We can, we can cohabitate. It's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. Right. So one night shortly after I got the air mattress... I was curled up to go to sleep and like I was just cuddled up on my side under the wonderful ballistic protection of my down comforter Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt something sit on the end of my bed near my feet. That's why I say remember air mattress because that's not really something you can mistake on an air mattress. Yeah. Something sat on the end of my air mattress, which lifted me up a couple inches, because let's be real, I was too lazy to keep that fucker well inflated. Right, uh uh-huh. 
Um, and, of course, I just assumed it was the thing from the corner that doesn't like to be looked at. So I didn't open my eyes. I didn't react in any way. I just laid quiet, tried to pretend my heart wasn't beating out of my chest, and tried to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And maybe 10 to 15 minutes later, it got up. And that's that. And again, like, I just want to make sure the doors were locked. The only window that came into the room was right, right next to my head. The other window is not big enough for anything to get through, except for maybe a rabid raccoon. And that definitely, like, sitting on the end of the bed doesn't exactly give me rabid raccoon vibes, you know? Um, True. So it's not a case of, like, someone had gotten into my room. I didn't even have any pets at that time, so I, it couldn't have been a cat or a dog or anything like that. Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing logical that I could explain made that happen. Right. So when it went away, I'm like, okay, cool. I relaxed and I'm ready to go to sleep. And then after another couple minutes passed, I felt a hand like touch my hip or go down my thigh. Ooh. Like that sensual touch, you know? Yeah, that. That you <laughs> definitely want when you're not alone in bed and nobody is around <laughs> To explain doing that yeah like it's something you want so, from a partner you know <laughs> yeah so i just like i i wiggled my leg and i said hey fucking stop <laughs> and it went away and i'm like okay cool we're good we're good so at this point i'm sure you can imagine like as things get creepier and creepier my blanket gets clutched tighter and tighter to my chest right uh-huh so i'm laying there with my blanket clutched to my chest after this thing had just touched my leg right and then it grabs and rips my blankets off of me. And it ripped oh, no. them from, like, up to my chest all the way to, like, halfway down my body. Oh, At which no. point I'm like, okay, this mutual respect thing, obviously not working. So I turned and I looked. And immediately what I saw was a gangly black shape stand up and run out the wall at the window by my head. <laughs> At that. which point I called my roommate. I'm just like, Carissa, can I come sleep in your room tonight? <laughs> that is creepy, dude. No way. Uh -uh. Scared the shit out of me. We saged that room the next day. Oh, and I, I only lived there for a couple weeks more after that because that was. <laughs> You're like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> horrifying. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I could see why that'd be terrifying. Like if something like that happened to me. Uh uh. Yeah, I'm that's... getting everything. I'm getting the sage, the holy water, everything. <laughs> Garlic, holy water, water, fuck off! <laughs> Anyhow. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Get all that shit, man. Uh, uh, yeah. And I I have a lot more where that came from, by the way. there was That actually wasn't even the first time I'd seen a ghost in that house. Right, yeah. Uh, so, like... Go ahead. It was... Like, th there is no reason anybody should have a house this large. Like, that's just given. <laughs> right. But so when you walk in from the front door and then you turn to the right, that's where my bedroom was. Mm-hmm. To the left was one of three living rooms. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. So there were two living rooms that were adjoined. Like, there was a wall between them that had a fireplace that opened up into either room. Mm -hmm. And... The one that was closer to the door, they used kind of as a dining room that nobody actually used as a dining room. Like, they had a nice table, nice chairs, centerpieces. For some reason, they had, like, 17 extra chairs against the wall under the bay of windows that was in that room. <laughs> and 
one of the nights when I was making myself like just some ramen or something to eat, I walked through that room to go to the kitchen because the kitchen was the next room after that weird living room. Right. And I saw an old man with like those thick like 90s style glasses. Mm-hmm. Like the kinds you see old people with bifocals wearing nowadays, but the they were really popular back in the day. Right. Yeah. And he was there, and he was see-through, so I knew that he was not, like, actually there. Right. And I just saw him, just walked, continued about my business, because I see shit like this frequently. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple days later, it was around, I think it was around, like, Christmas time or a birthday or something like that. Basically, the little old lady who was the owner of the house's, like, great aunt. Okay. Um... Is she had gotten like one of those electric picture frames for her birthday or some sort of Christmas, whatever it was. Right. And she had set it up right next to the microwave. And mm-hmm. I was at the microwave making myself some food and it's scrolling through photos. And I see a photo of exactly the man that I'd seen sitting in the, in the chair like <laughs> a couple days before that. So I'm just like, Hey Jean, who's this guy? And it turns out it was, like, her ex-husband or something like that, who, like, not her ex-husband, but, like, her husband who had passed away or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, he's still here, just so you know, like... <laughs> yeah, he sits oh, right there. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Um... Are you saying I'm crazy? No, I'm kidding. No, I, I, know no, I'm... No. I know I'm crazy. It's fine. No worries. Um... So not really like paranormal or spooky or anything, but uh, there was this one time I saved someone from becoming a paranormal spooky thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I was a, uh, I was younger. I was still in elementary school, and I was walking home from school one day, and there was just this like kid couldn't be like over three, so younger than three, just standing in the middle of the street, and there's this car coming, and the car's not slowing down. Not at all. And so I'm like on the other side of the street and from what I presume is this kid's house is on the opposite side. And I see this car and I'm like, well, I got to do something or else this kid's going to get like pancaked, right? Yeah. And so I run to the middle of the street, like pick this kid up and then run to the other side of the street and like put the kid down. The mom comes running out. It's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, it's fine. Like (laughs) I was here. And so, yeah, the hero, hero, right? Uh, So, yeah, I saved a kid from becoming a ghost. (laughs) That's fair. I feel like just like with the way that you point that out, I should point out like just like a a little thing is that um, kids love pancakes. (laughs) Kids do not love becoming pancakes. Uh, True. So remember that. (laughs) True. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Important. Like. Important the more detail. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, there was that. Um, but yeah. Well, there's the one time my wife tried to get abducted by. Um, uh, I'm gonna say it because I live in Alabama and I don't think there's any around here. But typically, if you live in an area where they're at, don't, don't say the words. Yeah, you don't talk about it. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Um, but my wife tried to get abducted by skinwalkers once. Oh. Oh, yeah. Have I told you this one? This one This one actually just happened a couple years ago, just before we moved out. You might have. I don't remember, though. So, ba- the basics of what happened is there's there's some bullshit going on here is, like, we had a roommate staying with us who had lived in um, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And she'd had a messy breakup with her fiancé, wife. I don't know, like, if they were actually married or not, but they ba- they broke up. Mm-hmm. And so she was staying with us, and she realized on day two of staying with us that some certain illicit activities she had been partaking in, there was some evidence of said activities in their apartment. And so she became uh, awash with the need to go get rid of the evidence before her ex got back to the apartment oh so she insisted that that day we had to take her back four hours to the city in colorado that she had lived in Mm-hmm. so she actually i think it was more like eight hours anyway i don't know it was it was a long ass drive right um well i wasn't feeling well and she had actually even gone so far as to get somebody who was willing to take her but didn't have a car and told her that she could use our car without our permission. To which we said, fuck that, that's our car, we're not letting anybody else drive our car. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Kaylee took her. Right. So, it was her, Kim, that would be the roommate, and the person um, that they'd gotten together with who was basically just along for the ride slash backup driver because Kim can't drive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name's Ashley. Mm-hmm. So the fun part about this is that um, in the direct path between the city and Colorado that they had to go to and where I lived at the time goes directly through the Uinta Basin, which those unfamiliar with the U- Uinta Basin are familiar with the fact that Skinwalker Ranch is located in that. So if you've heard of Skinwalker Ranch, that's where it's located, is in the Uinta Basin. Right. The Uinta Basin is also the biggest hotspot in the United States and potentially the world for UFO and paranormal encounters. Mm-hmm. A lot of weird shit happens in the Uinta Basin, and I can tell you from experience having been there several times, like, it feels creepy. Right. Like, it's not a place... It, it's like, when it's dark there, it's not like, oh, it's a nice dark night. You feel comforted by the darkness. It's like, the darkness is there for you and your family to get out. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, they drove through to go to whatever the back woods town in Colorado that Kim lived in. Mm-hmm. And on their way back, it was like midnight two in the morning something like that because my wife had finished a full work day and then drove her all the way to fucking colorado and then had to drive all the way back and there's this fun part where like she wasn't really paying attention to her gps because she thought she could get she could power through this Mm -hmm. um so but when you're driving through the uinta basin to get back to where we lived, you had to drive through this little town called Vernal. Right. And when you're driving through Vernal, if you just stay straight on the little highway that goes through town, you go up into Wyoming. Mm-hmm. 
in order to continue to go through Utah, which is what we wanted to do, um, you have to, uh, like, literally go through six or seven small neighborhoods back back roads. Right. To get onto a different highway. Mm-hmm. Well, she kind of forgot that part <laughs> and took the road that went straight and went up the mountain. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> towards Wyoming. Uh-huh. And something that she realized as she got to the, like, she got to the top of the mountain and had, like, had had her foot on the gas pedal for so long that she really just needed a break. Mm-hmm. So she pulled over at one of those, like, scenic pullouts right. that there are. And hey, said like made a joke of like, hey guys, look at this scenic uh, view right here. And then like, there's just the deep blackness of night. <laughs> right. And then realizes that she's kind of low on gas. Oh no. So she pulls up her GPS at this point and searches for a gas station that is on the way to getting back to where we lived. Right. Right. Um. She pulls it up, and on the G- GPS, it gives her the location of a gas station that's something like 10, 10 or so miles away. Not that far. Right. Um, so she pulls back out onto the highway and starts going. And as they're going, um, Ashley looks out the window, and like it's kind of one of those areas where... like. You've seen it when driving through the mountains where suddenly, like, it's just all of, like, those white aspen trees. Right, yeah. Like, they are passing that, and then Ashley says, I swear I can see faces in those trees. And Kaylee's like, don't say that. You know what we're driving past right now. <laughs> right, uh-huh. And the person is like, no, no. Like, like she says, like, this is, there's the spooky thing that could be happening right now. But you don't talk about it because that makes it worse and, like, mm-hmm. going through things like that. Right. And, um... Blah, 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 losing my train of thought. You're good. Um, so she tells, like, of course that piques their curiosity because neither Kim nor Ashley were familiar with, like, Skinwalker Ranch or any of the paranormal stories from the Uinta Basin mm-hmm. that I had recently been regaling my wife with. Because early in the relationship, what do you do but creep your partner out? Exactly, right. So, she tells them the stuff, and then, as they're driving, like, they go from, like, it was, like, November, December, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, a, it was unusually warm that year, so there wasn't a whole lot of, like, there was no snow anywhere. Right. As they're driving... She notices that, like, there's now a whole bunch of snow on the sides of the road, which isn't really unusual for driving up a mountain, but, like, right. mm-hmm. it, it just kind of, like, it was a very sudden no snow snow sort mm. of situation. Yeah. And then she starts to slow down to make the turn, because she needs to make, like, a left-hand turn down this side road to get to this gas station. Right. The side road that it wants her to turn down is completely iced over. Oh, boy. Like not maintained at all like there cannot have been a uh anybody gone down this road at any point in the last it seems like decade like it was it was a very unused road but of course kaylee being kaylee turns down the road (laughs) and starts slowly driving down the road and she like as she's doing this she realizes she's driven about like 10 or so miles to get here the gps says that the gas station's seven miles away still 
That's what it had okay. said it was 10 miles away when she'd first pulled it up. Okay. That's weird. weird. Uh-huh. And she's as she's dropped, like she's going super slow down this road to make sure there's no slipping or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And finally, like something like uh, like in her brain clicks, there is no way in holy hell that an oil tanker is fitting down this truck, th- this road. There right. is no way that a truck that supplies gas to gas stations can fit down this road. Right. There is no way that there could be a gas station down this road. Because mm-hmm, how At else are you going to get the gas there, right? Exactly, right. So she, she stops and goes, something isn't right, guys. Something doesn't feel right. So she grabs her phone, picks it up, and is like, what's going on here? She starts trying to like look a little bit more closely about where she's supposed to be going to get to this supposed gas station. At which point, all three people in the car lose cell signal. Oh, no. Just like, it was there, and then while they're stopped there, no signal. Done. Oh, oh no. At which point, Kaylee says, fuck this noise, and goes and turns the car around. Of course, as you should. And of course, as she turns the car around, this is an iced over road, it got stuck. Of course it so did. So she and Ashley hopped out of the car, had Kim hop behind the, the driver's seat to, to control, and they start pushing the car to try to get it to go. And mm-hmm. once it gets going, nobody wants to stop any longer. Everybody just jumps in the car and tells Kim to just drive to the main road, pull, pull out onto the highway. If we get pulled over and you don't have a license, we'll just explain some shit happened. It's fine. It's fine. Right. So they get out of there like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. At which point, um, like, they get, like, a mile down the road from where they'd originally turned off, pull over, pull the whole Chinese fire drill thing. Right. Kaylee's back in the driver's seat, at which point she pulls up her phone because she's like, I got to see what the hell that was. So she looks up gas stations. There is no gas gas stations within 20 miles of them. <laughs> There's no The gas station that she was originally going to doesn't exist. She couldn't find it. That's creepy. She tried bro. finding that specific gas station and could not find it. That's creepy. That's wild. The road she was driving down, like that, it had told her to turn down, like it being some sort of busy sort of road, was like one of those old forest roads that's not maintained during the winter. Yeah, like it's almost like a logging maintained... road. Yeah, something like something like a logging road, so very mm-hmm. similar to that. So she goes, "Okay, we are fucking out of here," and then just jetted. And, of course, it took her a lot longer to get home because she went through Wyoming instead of taking the most uh, direct route. But, but yeah, so, <laughs> like, my wife did attempt to get kidnapped by skinwalkers once. Her, The thing is, is she says that she's looked up that road since. If she would have kept going down that road the way the GPS said it wanted her to, she would have driven off a cliff without ever seeing it. That's crazy, dude. That road ends in a cliff. That's nuts. That's crazy. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that your your wife had the, the foresight and the common sense to be like, what is going on here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> instead of, like, pulling a... Like, I'm not sure if you've watched The Office, but, like, instead of pulling, like, a Michael and driving directly into a lake because the GPS said go that way. <laughs> true, like, true. Uh, yeah, that's nuts. Um. So while you were talking about it, you were talking about mountains, and I thought of a story that I'm, I don't know if it was necessarily paranormal, but it's definitely mm-hmm. creepy. Um, there was one time I went camping with you. It was you and Brian, I think, and me and Colby. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think it was like the second night that 
uh, Colby and I were there because we left one day before you guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, we and, stayed for like three or four days after you guys left. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Well, yeah. so I think it was the night either before we left or um, like we stayed one more night and then left. So anyway, besides the point, um, I was I was in the tent with Colby and I was trying to fall asleep and I just was it wasn't happening like not happening. Nothing's going on. Um, and so I'm just laying there and it had to be the middle of the night, like midnight, three o'clock, somewhere in there. Um, and Colby, he brought his sword with him, right? Yeah. Which, like I mean, do. who brings a sword on a camping trip? But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, Mitchell, anyhow. <laughs> true, uh. true. <laughs> anyway, so, um. Uh, he had it. He had his sword like stuck in a tree, like a tree branch that was hanging over this like little footpath looking thing. Mm-hmm. At least I think. Yeah, it was, it was his fo- like uh, machete the, that he put in that little. Yeah, it was. Because uh... you guys put you guys put your tent a little bit further back because there was like the open campsite area that mm-hmm. me and Brian put our tents in because we're basic bitches. Right. And then you and Colby put your tent further back because there's just like this little tiny path that went back to another smaller clearing that yeah. had more brush on the bottom so you guys figured that'd be more comfortable which you were probably right but you know yeah no i think we did it because the shade to be honest but anyway um yeah so yeah uh because we put our tent right next to that little path well in the middle of the night i hear just sprinting bro like get away sprinting like I'm running for my life sprinting, right? Mm-hmm. And I hear the, the sword fall from the tree and land on the ground. I'm not getting out to check what that is. I don't know if it was people or what, but no way, uh-uh, not happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure shortly, like, so in the span of, like, probably 15 seconds, the sprinting sword falls and then i think i heard kids laughing so you know what i think i know what that was actually (laughs) oh yeah what was it i'm pretty sure that was the night where i heard something screaming outside of my tent like it was like high pitch which might have been the kids laughing or that you heard sort of thing Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like a really weird noise so i kind of like unzipped my tent a little bit to look outside just to make sure there was nothing weird going on and I saw Brian noticed it, too, because he had his flashlight out and was shining it around into our area and um, happened to spotlight a couple raccoons fucking in the middle of the campsite. <laughs> well, <laughs> they I... ran off in the direction of your guys' tent. <laughs> no, there's no way this was raccoons. They would have had to been some chunky ass raccoons then, because, like, you know, That's when fair. you hear shoes running, it makes that like that. Like it's just a, like there's the thud that you get that you know it's a shoe. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like that, and the sword was probably at least five feet off the ground. So okay, unless that was a five foot tall raccoon, you know what I'm saying? That's fair. That's fair. And so that was creepy. It had me up for probably three or four hours after that because I'm like, nope, fuck this. Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to stay for a couple extra nights, but now definitely not. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. starting to feel like shit that day. And then Colby, Colby was starting to feel like poop too. And that's why we left early. 
It was uh, just because Brian was there, let's be real. <laughs> I mean... Yours, not mine, but, you know. Like, I'm just going to say, like, after you guys left, I was, like, getting super uncomfortable being in a tent all by myself, so I eventually just, like, browbeat Brian into sleeping into my tent, and boy, did I regret that. <laughs> Motherfucker farts in his sleep. <laughs> I mean, I do too, but... I mean, I think everybody does, but, like... Yeah. His probably... not like white privilege, but in any... In any... <laughs> Oh shit, dude! Oh man! <laughs> but yeah, so that's like the only other creepy thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, cause I mean, who's letting their kids run around at three a.m., bro? Like what? Oh no! Like sometimes, like those, like up in that area, I've seen some weird shit for people canting. As a matter of fact, up in that area, I'm pretty sure. Like, a couple years later, Kaylee and I went and camped up there. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I spotted one of my favorite authors camping at the same spot. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> And if that's so, like, the I, as weird as it may seem, I feel like I recognized her pugs before I recognized her. <laughs> because I follow her on Facebook, and I've seen pictures of her pugs all the time, and I'm like, those are some familiar looking, is that... Is that? And I waved, and she waved back, and I still keep the headcanon in my brain. Even if it wasn't her, to me, it was. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's hilarious. But, like, people would go, like, all hours of the day and night, there are people, like, going up and down the ATV trail as if people don't sleep at night. Like. Well, yeah, but, like, it was just these kids, and I don't think the moon was out that night, so it was just these kids. There was no flashlight. Cause I would have, yeah. I would have seen it for sure. You know what I mean? That's fair, yeah. Uh, and they were just running through this path. Like, how are you running, not falling? And you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was just a creepy combination of things. <laughs> that is fair. You're probably gonna hear some noises here real quick because I have been notified that something has been delivered to my house that is time sensitive. So. Okay, fair enough. Not a big deal. Uh, move cat, move cat, move cat. Thank you. Well, while you're checking on that, I can tell a story that I heard from my grandmother on my mo or on my father's side, my father's yeah. side, uh, about uh, they think they got abducted one time. It was my grandmother, my father, and his sisters. Um, they were driving through like some mountain pass out near Dugway. Uh, uh huh. And they were just chugging along, and they look at the clock, and it was it was later in the evening, like 11 o'clock or something like that, right? And they're just chugging along, do-do-do-do-do. Well, then, um, from the way my grandmother explained it to me, is that they lost, like, you know when you're driving in the dark, and you just kind of, you hyper-focus and just lose track of time? Uh -huh. They said it was almost like that, um... And they looked down at the clock again, my grandmother did, and it was like four or five hours later. And I don't think the road was that long. I think it was only a couple miles, like maybe five, four or five, something like that. So, like, if, and she was going like a solid 30, 40 miles an hour. So, like, you know, it's not going to take you five hours to get down that road. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and so they're like, yeah, we think we were straight abducted by aliens because, you know, that's one of the quote-unquote hallmarks being abducted by aliens is... Yeah, you losing know. track of time or losing time altogether or... Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of creepy. Um, and so I got interested and did a little bit of quick research because um, I wasn't sure where it was related at because you had mentioned that Skinwalker Ranch was super known for, like, uh, UFO sightings and stuff. So I'm like, how close are they together? They're... Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty far apart, about four hours apart. That's so, fair. I mean... Um, there's that, um, and I think that's really all the, the creepy stories that I got, um, other than, like, you know, like I said, basic stuff, feeling almost anxious, you know, like when you're home alone or that, or whatnot, uh, and it's, like, late at night, you kind of get that, like, anxiety feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get, like, anxiety until you're like, what's going on here? Um, have a, had a little bit of that. Um, but other than that, nothing really too creepy. Um, I mean, I think I've at least gone over all of my big ones. I mean, that's... Or at the very least, all of my funny ones. <laughs> all of your funny ones, and then you got the scary, spooky ones that are like, nope, fuck this. Um, I, I think we talked about this, but do you remember that house that you had, that you were living in, uh, and like cousin was there and all that, and I'd come and stay over almost every weekend? No, that house was definitely haunted. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm 90% sure that house was haunted, because, uh, like I was sleeping on the couch one night. And I woke up to something, and I wasn't sure if it was, like, one of one of your cats or what. But I woke up to something, and so I sat up and was just, like, looking out into the darkness. And then nothing else happened. So I'm like, I don't know, bro. Because I'm pretty sure at that time there was only, like, three... You only had three cats in the house. Because um, you had... I'm pretty sure you had two cats at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was just, uh, Mitch's cat. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cause this was before you got like spear or, uh, like cousin's cat or anything like that. Well, it would have been a minimum of four cats. Cause I moved into that place with, um, let's see, Tabitha, uh, Adso, Dagda, Luna, and Soren. Oh, so, did you already have Luna and Soren at that point? Yeah, I already had. I moved in with Lu- uh, Luna and Soren because if you remember, that's when um, uh, the dog, like, that was the litter of cats, kittens, um, where the dogs started killing cats. So I took everyone's kittens that they were taking from the litter of cats that Nala had had and oh. took them with me to my house to make sure that they would be safe because uh, they were separated from their mom too young for sure. Right. But it was safer for them to come with me than be left in the house with a dog that was killing cats. Right, exactly. No, for so. sure. But even then, like, um, I'm pretty sure it might have been one of your cats, but it was still creepy nonetheless, because it was like midnight or something like that. It was crazy. 
Did I ever tell you about Flo's grave? Mm, maybe. Okay, so there was, like, in that same house that I lived in, uh -huh. like, two, three blocks down the street, there was that cemetery, right? R right. All sorts of urban legends about that cemetery. I grew up around that cemetery, so I know a bunch of them. Right. But one of them is, is there's a specific grave there of a girl who died, I think in the 30s, mm -hmm. um, something like that, where she actually got hit by a car while waiting for a ride. That's wild. And so, of course, like, uh, the legend that grew up around her, her name's like Florence something or other, mm -hmm. which is why everybody calls it Flo's Grave. Right. Um, there's the urban legend that says that if you go there at nighttime, which is especially fun because police know this also, and patrol the cemetery at nighttime, because, you know, technically speaking, going to a cemetery after dark is trespassing. Right. Um... But there was one night Brian and I were kind of in a mood, so we decided we'd go give it a try. So so basically basically the legend states that if you go near her grave, park so that your headlights shine on her grave. Like you can either point the car at her grave or just pull up to a point where the headlights are shining on the gravestone. Mm -hmm. And then flash your lights like you're trying to signal her like, hey, your ride's here sort of thing. Right. She'll appear in the backseat of the car. Okay. Or appear walking up to the car. Right. One of the two. One of the two. So we decided we'd give it a shot. Because, like, idiot mid-twenties. Right. So we, di we did that, and we nothing happened. Nobody appeared in our car. We didn't see anybody walking up to our car. Mm-hmm. But that night, Brian stayed the night at my house. Like, he just slept on the couch. Right. And he woke up the next morning with claw marks down his back wild i didn't know and that oh so, yeah it was pretty creepy and like we, basically we just did a similar thing i had a collection of sage and palo santo so we just did a quick thing to release it or whatever but mm -hmm. yeah he, he wouldn't go near that cemetery again after that yeah well i wonder why yeah so you know it's always kind of the thing of like if you open a door whoever you know, whoever comes through, comes through. Which is how I feel about, like, Ouija boards and things like that. Because, I mean, I think a part of it is that, like, I was traumatized at, a, at an early age by Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was actually really big into that. So before my dad ended up with custody with me, there were a couple times where she had parties where a bunch of her friends would come over and they'd play with a Ouija board together. And... There was one time that um, my mom told me about once that happened when I was, like, two or three years old. Because, like, you've seen how I am around bugs. Mm-hmm. I, I hate them. I despise bugs of all sorts. Right. Um, but for some reason, not with moths. I mean... Like, moths don't really bug me. That's weird. Um, <laughs> but... When I was two or three years old, there was one point, there was, a, according to my mom, there was a specific spirit that would supposedly visit them often when they were doing their seances and whatnot. And mm -hmm. it was a spirit that uh, called itself Eric. And <laughs> they would have these long conversations with Eric, and this one night while they were doing it, he just stopped talking to them. Like, out of nowhere, just poof, gone. Like, not talking to them at all anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like talking to him they're like hey eric what like what's going on like are you okay like what like are you in danger like that sort of shit Mm -hmm. and eventually they do get him to respond one word moth weird so at the same time he finished spelling that word I shrieked bloody murder from my bedroom. I was asleep. It was like two in the morning. Right. I started screaming, like night terror style screaming. Mm-hmm. And everybody rushed to come see what was going on and came just in time to see a, a huge moth fly out of my room. <laughs> Creepy, dude. So, like, I mean, that's not like, apparently it happened to me, but I don't, I, I have no memory of it. But like, I feel like that might have some connection with the fact that moths just don't bug me. Like, yeah, they don't frighten me the same way other bugs do. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, Yeah. Like, I don't I would never mess with a Ouija board because you can't. Like control what comes out necessarily like. Because, I don't know about you, but I definitely believe in, like, demons and stuff. And I ain't trying to mess with that. I'm like, nah, that's not me, bro. <laughs> so. It's like, there is a way to control it. Like, if you practice any, like, occult, religious uh, disciplines more than faith. There are ways to make using a Ouija board safer. But the problem is, is like they're massively printed, massively marketed, and just kind of sold with a "give this a try, guys" sort yeah. of mentality. And so <laughs> nobody takes any precautions when using a Ouija board. Even just having it in your house, there's things you need to do to prevent it from being open all the time. Right. Exactly. So it's basically bringing a Ouija board into your house without taking the proper precautions is basically like leaving your front door wide open. Yeah. And whoever comes in comes in i ain't about that life <laughs> exactly I, I i'm not sure if you were there like i like one of the first big arguments i had when i was dating puffin mm-hmm. was i i at some point ouija boards came up and i said i they are not allowed in my house or on my property and he his car was parked in my driveway and he says well i have one in the trunk of my car is that okay and i'm like no go park your car across the street yeah you're like, nope. Like, uh-uh. I was firm. I was not having any of that bullshit. He's like, it's just in my car. It's just in the trunk. And I'm like, I don't care. Park it across the street. Yeah. Well, it's been here the whole time and you're fine. I'm like, yeah. And now I know about it. Park it across the street. Yeah. Shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> if you don't know about it, it can't hurt you, right? <laughs> I don't play no games. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm exactly like that, too. Um, uh, but uh yeah so we're closing in on uh we're at 59 minutes now so uh do we want to end it do you want to keep going what are, how you feeling i don't know I mean, i'm kind of running low on personal paranormal material yeah me too uh my aunt was supposed to get me some stuff but i think she forgot which is fine not a big deal that's uh, fine fine yeah i mean i think suppose between now and uh next post we just need to start harassing our friends and family members for stories yeah, or something, or figure out what we're doing for our next post. But, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. So that's going to be the end of episode one. Um, of course, if you enjoy, you know, come back for our next post. We'd love that. Uh, like, subscribe, whatever the case may be. Uh, 
Not sure where this is all going up yet, but uh, we'll let you know. <laughs> all right, bye bye. Hey guys.